Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Just right up till the point of, like, catching it, like, putting my arms around the defender. But those last, like, second or two, I couldn't see it. I, I had an idea, and I put my hands there, and it connected, uh, you know, with my hands and kind of back. There's a lot of luck. You know, you don't see catches like that too often. Um, you know, I've never done something like that. I'll probably never be able to replicate it. So, it was, you know, it was really cool. Here come the Irish. What a run! Welcome to the NBA on NBC podcast presented by Salesforce. I'm your host, Corey Robinson. Congratulations. We escaped. 35 to 32. Uh, number 20, Notre Dame beat Navy. And this is so they Notre Dame improves to seven and three. Uh, now, going into the actual game itself, it was one of those scenarios in which the first half looked dominant. Second half, I would use the word flailing. There were moments the, the offense just they ran 20 plays just let that sink in for a second uh five plays in the third quarter they were at one point a graphic came up <laughs> this, this is kind of like the moment where i was starting to get a little nervous because their graphic came up and said um against blitz two sacks against Notre dame's you know offense had two sacks and then the same graphic came up. Nothing else changed in the graphic. And I was like, why did they put the same graphic up? Like, there's the conversions are the same. Like, the yards are the same. Nothing changed. But then at the very bottom, it said five sacks. And that was kind of the, the whole the, the whole second half. It was kind of just waiting, hope, hoping that um, that Navy would run out of gas. It came down to this spectacular two-minute drive. I want to give Navy a lot of credit here because what they did at the very end, I think it was an 11-play drive. Uh, this was within two minutes ish three minutes four minutes it was towards the end of the game no timeouts this is a team that at that point rushed for over 270 yards on the ground right less than 100 yards passing and they have to run a two-minute drill to get within a field goal range of a Notre Dame team that put up 35 points in the first half you know how hard that is just like that is almost impossible with no timeouts to be a running team to do that they somehow went down the entire field and scored it was it was interesting because they did a, like a an idea where first they started doing like free access throws on the boundaries, you know, getting eight yard pickup, ten yard pickup, twelve yard pickup, moving the chains that way, just taking what Notre Dame defense gave them. But then they started running the ball and getting ten yards of pickup, eight yards of pickup, twelve yards of pickup. But normally that's a bad idea because the clock keeps running, right? But they would immediately get to the ball and spike it, stop the clock. And so essentially you're working with two downs instead of three downs in a two minute drill. 
but Notre Dame's defense didn't have any answers for, the, for, for that. So it was like a really fascinating, innovative idea that I was like, man, I can't believe they just ran a two-minute drill running the ball with no timeouts and scored and got the two-point conversion. But Matt Salerno recovered the onside kick, and it was a really interesting moment because that was – their Notre Dame's fate was in the balance, and he attacked the onside kick right after uh, it was off the, the kicker's foot and in the game. Now, with all that said, I'm out of breath. Let's uh, let's hear someone else talk. Braden Lindsay had an amazing, remarkable catch. I, I mean, bold line, amazing catch. It's it's very difficult to do this, and, and he's very humble. So when we talked about it, he kind of downplayed it. But I just want to make sure you understand how the difficulty of this case catch to be able to jump over someone, pin it against their body, and then secure the ball uh, without any issues. Like it was almost seamless. Thirty-seven yards down the field and score a touchdown. I mean, that, that is a very hard thing to, to do. And he tells us what he saw on that route. He told us about victory meal today because we're recording this on Sunday. And um, he told us about his obsession with film. Well, any further ado, here's Braden Lindsay. It is now my great joy to welcome Braden Lindsay into the, the podcast. We've got to start with that catch, Braden. I mean, people have been saying, is that the catch of the year? You know, people have been saying, I mean, it's, it's kind of an amazing moment. So maybe could you just... Walk me through when you were running that route. Did you even see the ball? Yeah, so uh, I, I saw it originally, um, and just right up till the point of like catching it, like putting my arms around the defender. Those last like second or two, I couldn't see it. I, I had an idea, and I put my hands there, and it connected. Uh, you know, with my hands and kind of his back. And once I had a good grip with my right hand, I just pulled it out. Um, it was a lot of luck, and it was you know a good throw and you know it was great I'm, I'm happy what was the reaction uh, from all your teammates on the sideline what, what were they saying to you yeah I mean everyone was you know really surprised like I you know you don't see catches like that too often um I I you know I myself was shocked it was just kind of you know one of those things you see you're like well like I don't know it was, it was a really cool moment when, when you think about because I, I was a receiver too so when, when you think about um your favorite catches of your career you know, can you mm-hmm. maybe where does this rank for you in your whole career, not just in college? Uh, I mean, probably first. I would. I mean, I would assume. I'm trying to think, unless I've had a game winner at any point. Um, oh, uh, in high school, maybe there was a catch uh, against the Lake Oswego. But uh, other than that, this was this was probably number one, just because you know I've you know I've never done something like that. I'll probably never be able to replicate it. So it's you know, it was really cool. What, what happened in that game in, in high school? Uh, Legos, we go was the first team in the state. It was early in the in the year, and uh, we we had a game winning drive, and I, I ran a like a corner route. And it was it was a really cool play for us, and it was a really big moment for the team. And so that's that's probably one of the other big catches I've had in my career. So yeah, I mean, it, it was. I think not just you were shocked. I think a lot of us were just like, "What just happened?" So it's it's always great to kind of hear your your uh, perspective since you were running those routes and catching the ball. So help me understand uh, where the offense is right now as far as being situated seven or you're seven and three, 10 games in. It seems like everything's really starting to roll. Uh, how would you describe the flow on the offensive side? Yeah, um, Coach Freeman says it a lot. Um, and I'll just, you know, echo what he says. It's a very uh, offensive and defensive line driven program. So, uh, you know, on the offensive side, you know, that's the whole line and they're, they're taking care of business. Uh, I feel like each game they're getting better and better. Um, 
we've really found an identity running the ball um, between Audric, Logan, and Chris. They're they're all so dynamic and different. It gives a you know a great compliment to each other. Um, and we've just been finding those roles. And we got Mike Mayer, and we've got some dudes on the outside, and everyone's kind of contributing and finding their ways. And you know, Drew's in his rhythm, and you know, we're we're behind him. We're all just really excited, and um, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we had some bumps, but it's you know, it's really kind of shown the character, the locker room. You know, a lot of teams, I think, they would put their head down, but I think there's no quit. And uh, I feel like each week uh, we look at with just one goal, and it's just that game. And I think. You know, it says a lot about a program when, you know, you can do that week in, week out. When when I thought about this this offense, like week one, week two, week three, you know, the question was always like chemistry. And you always like develop, at least in my experience, you know, chemistry as a team doing stuff off the field. You know, are there any like incredible moments or like traditions or things that you guys do as a position group or as a team or uh, that, that you've kind of instituted recently to build chemistry? Um, I'd say just in the receiver room, um, just because Coach Duck, he's really into movies and film. Um, so, and I myself also am. I, I love TV, love film. So a lot of us, you know, we, we always have arguments, you know, favorite TV shows, favorite movies and all that. And uh, I think we're probably going to see the new Black Panther as a receiver group. So that's, you know, that's kind of, I wouldn't say like our thing, but that's something we, talk, we all like to talk about a lot. It's like, a, you know, a big interest of all of ours. So it comes up a lot. Who has the best movie taste in the receiver room? Uh... I don't know. I would like to say myself, but like if I if I weren't to choose myself, I feel like I feel like Connor Radigan would would know some good movies. Um, I feel like uh, even though he's with the quarterbacks a lot, uh, I feel like Greg Maley would would be a really good choice. Yeah, those two they they seem like they're some movie buffs. <laughs> so so let me let me just pick your brain a little bit because I too love movies and I watch like a lot. So give me your favorite. What are your favorite genres? Who are your favorite directors? Ooh, I I'm not I'm not gonna go to the extent as directors, but I can go like movies for genres. Um, I actually have a list right on my phone right here. What? Uh, okay, great. You keep it handy. How often does this argument come up where you got a list on your phone that you just pull out? Not too often. I just I just have it just to kind of remind myself. Okay, yeah. My um oh, like my favorite. Actually, yeah, my favorite like sleeper movie. Like, and I feel like everyone like should watch it or like if they watch it at one point, they would appreciate it more now is uh, The Girl Next Door. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't. It's really good. It's like a, you know, it's, it's a rom-com, but it, it's like deeper than that. It's not like just like a normal one. It, it was it's really, really good. And so I recommend that. that that'll be my one. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Did you want to go into film or did you want to be an actor or a director or something? No, no. I just, you know, I just like watching TV movies. It's a hobby of mine, but uh, I, I don't think I have the skills to go down that route. But you know, it's an interest of mine. You never know. Uh, so <laughs> I, I know that when you when you um, when you win, you have victory meal, and this is just a, a really, I think, a great tradition. But can you kind of break down for everyone listening? What exactly, you know, what does victory meal entail after a big win? Yeah, uh, it's you know it's changed through the years, but for the most part, uh, you know I love victory meals. So we get we get lobster sometimes, we get crab legs sometimes, and then normally it's a you know a cut of steak, so it's you know a ribeye, t-bone, whatever it may be. So, you know you know a little surf and turf action, and then you get like appetizers like mozzarella sticks, mini corn dogs, all stuff like that. It's uh, it's good times, and everyone's in a good mood. Um, and especially uh, this year, we're in the building a lot more on Sunday. 
just because the the practice structure is different. Um, and so now we're all here, and it's you know it's a good day, especially when you win. Um, so yeah, it's it's fun and it's a celebration. So so Braden, can you yeah can you break down what exactly happens on Sunday? Because we're actually recording this. Normally we record on um, later in the week in the midweek, but today we're doing on a Sunday for scheduling. Could you just kind of tell what what happens on Sundays? Yeah, uh, so you come in, um, you have to check in at whatever that time may be. Uh, you have to come in and get treatment, uh, depending on, like, r- number of snaps played. Uh, and then, you know, certain people get massages. Uh, if you played a lot, you know, get your body right. Just, you know, trying to do anything they can to get the, you know, the rest of the week started. Uh, and then, you know, you kind of have a little gap where you can, you know, do whatever, maneuver around. You can go and take a nap, whatever that may be. Uh, and then we have, you know, victory meal. We get to be checked in by 3.15. So it's kind of like a lunch, um, not really breakfast, but it's like a later lunch, a uh, big meal, obviously. And then we just kind of go right back into it. So, we you know, we review the game uh, as a, a team. And then we go into ST and then positions. And then we have a unit meeting. Um, and, you know, this year it's a bit different than the past. Uh, we're going like a little shorter practice. A lot of it's just kind of review, get our le- – legs moving, get the lactic acid out, um, and just kind of, you know, get some corrections, you know, watch the game and then flush it and then move on to the next. We can kind of get all of Monday off and then come in Tuesday with a different uh, mindset. And I, I think that's probably why we've, you know, been able to endure, you know, some of the situations that we've had this year because we're, you know, we're able to flush it and then go into each week attacking on Tuesday. How, how important is it to to just flush it, as you're saying? I think it's very important. I think in, you know, in every aspect in life, I think you have to, you know, appreciate the good and the bad uh, at the same level. I think you have to, you know, just kind of keep your head down, keep going. Um, a lot of the time, you know, it's really easy to, you know, get upset or, you know, fold when, when things are getting hard. Um, and that's just not who we are. And that's not what Coach Freeman preaches. And uh, I think that's really been shown this year. I'm, I'm proud of everyone. I'm, I'm proud of this universe. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Well, coming up, you got Boston College, um, and it's Senior Day. So, what, what is the what is the magnitude of Senior Day for you? And like, because I never got to do a Senior Day technically, because I, I didn't play I, my senior year. I was a coach, so I never got to that whole experience. Um, yeah, yeah. What is the magnitude of a Senior Day at Notre Dame? Uh, I think huge. Uh... Just because, you know, you come up and you watch so many of the, the old guys, you know, graduate and, you know, go through this process. I, I remember watching, you know, Chris and uh, Chase, Miles, all these receivers before me, um, you know, do the same thing. Uh, and then next thing you know, you're up there and you're like, wow. Like, and, you know, the, even for myself, I'm doing it a second time now. So it's even more. I'm like, all right, like, this is really it. That's, you know, so. You take it all in, and it's you know it's a little sad, but I, I've been really appreciative of everything, and you know I'm just gonna try to enjoy the atmosphere and you know be with my family, be with my friends, and just you know get a win and enjoy the day. Uh, when you when you think about your first senior day, 
and you were there with your family. How, what, what, what was that conversation like? You know, I guess when you got back home and after the game, you're like, okay, I got to talk to my mom, I got to talk to my dad, I got to talk to my, you know, my family was there with me. Uh, what, what was their reaction to seeing you in that moment? You know, watching you. It could be the final time. I know it's your second, but watching you go through that yeah. in the middle of the field. Yeah, I just think they're proud. Um, yeah, I came from Oregon. Uh, my mom is from originally from Indiana, and so it was really cool because I, in college, choosing to go to Notre Dame, a lot of my family who had never really seen me play uh, kind of had the ability to see me play, and my parents are lucky enough to be able to travel, so I've, I've had a lot of family at a, a lot of my games through the years. Uh, and I, I just think everyone's just, you know, happy to be together, and it's one of those things where it's like a reason for everyone to get together Um you know, it's really difficult, obviously, I'm sure you're aware, like in adult life to, you know, just link up because everyone's busy and everyone has their own obligations. And But this is kind of a, you know, an opportunity for a lot of us to get together, um, you know, a couple times in the fall. And I think everyone appreciates that. And I know I do. And, you know, I love having my family around and it makes the whole experience a lot more worth, uh, worthwhile. So um, you mentioned this is your second senior day. It's a great tradition. But I'm curious, what other Notre Dame traditions? You've been on campus for a long time now. What other uh, Notre Dame traditions do you love? Uh, I love the, the like, the in the God quad. You're not supposed to, like, step on the grass, and then, like, you aren't supposed to walk up the steps um, to the Golden Dome building, like, until you grad or, like, until you're done or like, you have your degree or else you, like, won't graduate. I always liked those. That was funny, and I, I stuck to it. And luckily I graduated, so I, I officially walked up the steps, and I'm good. But yeah, so I've, I always thought that was a funny tradition. And the I don't know exactly when they are. I actually think it's about to happen, or it happened. Uh, it's nice. So it's happening tonight. Maybe the the winter snowball fight, like like the first snow, or whatever. Like people, like it's something like that where people are like snowball fighting. I did it like when I was a freshman. I was a sophomore. I haven't done it in a while, and I I think I'll do it this year just since I'm a fifth year and I'm you know, I want to do it one last time, kind of have some fun. <laughs> Yeah, that, I remember the first time I was in early enrollee and I'd never really seen like lived in snow. And that was like my first like week on campus was that winter snowball fight. I have very fond memories. It, it was like a crazy experience for me. Do you remember that first time that you did like freshman or sophomore year? No, not particularly. I do remember the the winter vortex was was very uh, strange because I was on we couldn't leave our building for like more than they said if we were like outside for more than five seconds, like we could get frostbite or, or five minutes i don't know it was something ridiculous but we had to stay indoors for essentially like a day because it was so cold wow yeah, yeah no thank you <laughs> i'd never I, i'd never experienced anything like that and i don't think i ever will again but at least i, hope. I uh, i'm curious Braden. um before we wrap up and get to a lightning round what do you want to do post football uh i'm not fully sure yet uh i think i'm leaning more towards like the marketing like route i just don't know like where i would enter into that so i think my first idea would probably be like sales or consulting out of uh, college nfl whatever that may be um probably just to gain experience especially in, like a like a development or like a graduate program i'm like through you know like a company like i think a lot of that it's it's very diverse i probably work in a, a bunch of different areas figure out kind of my niche and kind of build off there so that's that's where my mind's at right now um but I don't have any like direct like plan or idea like locked in yet. Yeah, I totally understand that. It took me it took me years to figure yeah. it out for myself. It's, stress, was, stressful. 
it's hard figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth. So now it's time uh, for, for the lightning round. You ready for this? Basically, the way it works is it's fill in the blank, right? So I'll throw something at you, and then whatever comes to mind, you know, say that that thing. Kind of like first reaction type stuff, you know? All right, okay. Okay, okay, ready? Blank is my sports role model. Kobe. I, I got, Sorry, I got to ask why. I, I mean, Kobe is, you know, he's Kobe, but why? Yeah, um, my dad uh, worked with him for a long time, so I had always, you know, really liked Kobe, and I had met him a couple of times, and just always was, you know, like everyone, um, just fascinated by the way he played. And it was just cool, and, you know, it's Kobe. Like, who, who didn't like watching Kobe growing up? So I always thought it was cool, and especially him battling through injuries. Like, as a as a sports fan, like, when you could visibly see him always hurt and playing through it, like, everyone appreciated that, and, you know, especially that brand of basketball, um, you know, it's – what I grew up watching and it's, it's, you know, appreciated forever. So yeah, definitely Kobe. Wow. But, uh, so blank is on my sporting event bucket list. World cup. Blank is what I listen to at the gym. Alternative music. My pregame routine meal is blank. Steak, mashed potatoes. And blank has been my favorite moment during the season. I'm actually not sure on the top of my head. It's a hard one. You, you can think TBD. <laughs> Ooh, I actually had to think of that. That is really tricky. Uh, oh, probably Ben Ben Morrison's pick six against Clemson. That was a really cool stadium moment. That was really fun. Yeah, I'm sure it was hard to beat that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was struggling. What was I looking for? <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. It came to you, and that was a special one. Thank you so much, Brave, for taking the time, man. I really appreciate you. Best of luck this weekend on your second senior day and uh, whatever you do post-grad. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Make NBC Sports Predictor a pregame ritual every week. Play Irish Pick'em for free and have a chance to win $10,000 each week. Rush the end zone and download NBC Sports Predictor app today on the App Store and Google Play Store. Thank you, Braden. Uh, yes, this is an interesting moment because senior day is always, always very special. Boston College at home. The thing I want to draw to your attention here is let's just kind of zoom out. Boston College, USC. Notre Dame has undoubtedly one of the best special teams unit. And, and Braden said that during the interview, ST, that's what ST means, special teams. Uh, one of the best special teams units in the country, the punt team has been unbelievable. Sorry, excuse me, the punt block team has been unbelievable, unbelievable. The defense is starting to get turnover after turnover after turnover. And we heard this weeks ago in the podcast. Now it's coming to fruition. The offense is starting to gel. Drew Pine is cooling down. If you look at you know him in the spring game, when earlier in his career, you could see so much more bravado, so much more Conor McGregor, you know, who he really like the way he carries himself on the field, that confidence and swagger. Uh, He's told us that Conor McGregor is one of those people that he, he looks up to in that regard. You can start seeing more of an Ian Book type of calmness, that zen, and starting to penetrate the entire offense. The offensive line is getting better and better and better. At the beginning of the year, a little scary. Now it's starting to get uh, incredibly well-oiled. So moving forward, the way that I'd look at these next two games and the bowl game would be, what does next year look like? Now that's an interesting question. 
So reframe this season in that kind of mind, last two games moving forward. Because remember when Marcus Freeman inherited this team, it was a bowl game against Oklahoma State. And we thought, okay, that's not a great start. And then Ohio State, not a great start. Marshall, not a great start. So that was the three games to start Marcus Freeman's era. Now let's think about these three games to end that first season and look ahead. We'll be back next week with reactions to the matchup versus Boston College and preview Notre Dame's final game next week, the big one versus USC. One of my favorite all-time rivalries. And in another uh, episode of this television series, USC Notre Dame goes way, 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 way back. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Notre Dame on NBC podcast on the NBC Sports YouTube channel and wherever you get your audio podcasts. Go Irish. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.